0: Welcome to the Kitchen Table Theology Podcast, where Pastor Jeff Cranston, along with our host, Jen Denton, will discuss biblical theology in an understandable way. You'll discover how to apply biblical truth to your life. Thanks for joining us at the table. Let's get started.
1: Well, hello again, y'all, and welcome back to Kitchen Table Theology. I'm your host, Jen Denton, and along with Pastor Jeff Cranston, we believe what Elizabeth Elliott once said, theological truth is useless unless it is obeyed. And here at Kitchen Table Theology, we are seeking not only to help you know solid biblical theology, but also to obey it and live it out. And as we begin another podcast, we want to say thank you for leaving us ratings and reviews. One review recently came in. We are not even going to attempt to decipher the handle or the moniker or whatever it is you call this, (laughs) but we are appreciative nonetheless because Mm -hmm. this author writes, I love how he teaches. I feel as though he is teaching me and not preaching at me so much. I have learned a lot from the podcast, encouraging me to apply my faith and live what I'm reading. Thank you for your podcast. That is a very nice review. And thank you for leaving it. And Kitchen Table Theologians, if you haven't left a rating or review, please do so from whatever platform you're listening from right now. Hit pause
2: and do it. And we really do appreciate that because it does, because of algorithms or whatever (laughs) that's out there in podcasting world, it does allow us to reach more people, the more reviews and the more writings that you have. So we're very grateful for those of you who have done that.
1: Absolutely. Well, hey, we are still working through a list called the 33 things that happen at the moment of salvation from Dr. Lewis Sperry Schaefer. And we're more than halfway through right now, I think. Feels like it.
2: I think so. We're close. Close, at
1: least. So what do you got on tap for today, Pastor Jeff?
2: Well, before I answer that, let me ask you, what is the most favorite (laughs) gift you have ever received? I feel like we've done this.
1: I feel like we have, but my answer will be the same. My answer to this question is always the same. Favorite gift you've
2: ever received.
1: Favorite gift I've ever received is the Cabbage Patch Kid that I got the Christmas of the Cabbage Patch Kid craze. Yeah. Not only because of the gift, but because then in later years, when I found out what my grandmother did, the links that she went to to get this beloved. She probably
2: had to beat someone up.
1: She was at the pick and save every <laughs> night at midnight when the truck, truck came in would come in from and, Cleveland, Georgia. Yeah. And they weren't like letting anybody pick them out, they would just hand them off the truck, whatever you got, you got. Wow. And they gave one that my grandma thought was ugly. She said, Bless its heart. It was the ugliest doll I'd ever seen. So she cried until they gave her a different one. And she worked really hard for that cabbage Patch doll. So Where is that doll today? It is in my possession. No still today. Really? Yes. Yes, it is in a box wow. in my attic. Yep.
2: Yeah. Did you ever go to the Cabbage Patch Doll Hospital. No, it still
1: exists now, but I heard it's super creepy that it's (laughs) uber creepy when you walk around in there. There's some of us here on the creative team that want to go just for fun.
2: (laughs) Obviously, they're not a sponsor of the podcast. No, they're not.
1: No. I mean, if that's your thing, I don't know. It just seems a little creepy to me. (laughs) Cleveland, Georgia is where I
2: shot my lowest round of golf.
1: Oh, which was?
2: 79. 79. Good for you. Yeah, Good for you. Yeah. And that that worst thing I ever did because then I expected to do that every time I went out. (laughs) Now I no longer play.
1: You set a different bar. (laughs) Play
2: the game. Well, what's what's the favorite gift you've ever given? That one's easy, too. Um, When my daughter turned
1: 12, we surprised her with a trip to New York City. I had her bags all packed and everything, but I wrote out this rhyme. Like, hey, your gift is this. I I can't remember the rhyme. Did anymore. you like go immediately the next or morning? The next morning, yeah. We gave it to her that night at dinner, and then we left at like six a.m. the next morning. And then you so. went
2: to Dylan's candy bar. We did go to Dylan's candy bar. Yeah, everybody yeah. does that. Took I in think. a
1: couple of shows. Did the whole touristy thing. Back but, yeah. when
2: New York was New York. Yep.
1: <laughs> well, what about
2: you? Oh, I I probably shouldn't.
1: You've talked about I've this too. Me. I know what your favorite. Oh, we did. Do yeah, this. you did. Yeah, because yeah, I remember gun. what yours it was. was. Uh huh.
2: It was a uh, it was a shotgun when I turned 12. Mhm. Favorite gift I've ever given. I don't know.
1: Your engagement ring to your lovely wife.
2: Yeah, that.
0: <laughs> Is that a gift well, yeah, Can that, you- <laughs> I don't I don't know
2: what category. That's yeah, that was great. Yeah. I mean it wasn't unexpected. Sure, <laughs> but it was just a speck of a diamond. It was actually the first one I bought I showed it to my mother, and she said, honey, you can't give her that. (laughs) So we went back to the jewelry store, (laughs) and mom and dad kind of helped me out a little bit. It was no money. Well, it was supposed to
1: be three months' salary, so what would that
2: be? (laughs) Yeah, that's a lie. Yeah. No, it was nowhere. I didn't have a salary, you know? Yeah, there you go.
1: Three months and nothing (laughs) is a whole lot of nothing. Three months and nothing is nothing.
2: Yeah. Well, why are we talking about this? Well- That, yeah. Okay. So the reason we're talking about giftedness, we, we discover that at the instantaneous moment of salvation, which is what we're talking about in this series. And I, I really wonder if most of us are familiar with this. Hmm. We become a gift as believers from God the Father to God the Son. Hmm. So God the Father gifts you and I to Jesus. Is that something he likes?
1: I'm going to hope that it is. And I, I think we have scripture to back it up. Too. I think if it wasn't,
2: he wouldn't have gone to the cross. <laughs>
1: probably not. Probably not. No. And I, I think that series, have you I, heard of that I before? don't, in like weird, vague terms, but not put. I
2: really like, haven't, you know, I've straight never studied out like this.
1: that. Yeah. Like you hear like the love of Christ for us and what he's willing yeah. to do for us, but you don't think about it being a gift given by God to
2: right. you know, but
1: Jesus, the son.
2: Individual believers are gifts God the Father gives to God the Son. Well, let's dig in. All right. So this is so good. In John 17, which is often referred to as the high priestly prayer, as Jesus is praying, if you read through John 17, no fewer than seven times, mm. he says to the Father, he ref- he references, quote, those whom you gave me, mm. end quote, gave me. So as a believer, you are a gift to Jesus, just like some precious jewel, just like the diamond ring that mm-hmm. I gave gave my wife, you are valuable, you are prized, you are unique, and some of us are more unique than others.
1: Yes, but we are.
2: <laughs> but you're given by the Father to the Son. So, Jen, how about reading? There's three key verses. I'm, I just want to pull out today, and they exhibit this truth. So, how about reading those? They're all very short. How about reading those for us?
1: Sure. So, the first one comes from John 17:6. I have revealed your name to the people you gave me from the world. They were yours. You gave them to me, and they have kept your word. And John 17:24 then says, Jesus prayed. Father, I want those whom you have given to me to be with me where I am. The Apostle Peter in 1 Peter 2.5, using a construction analogy of sorts, tells us, You also, as living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house for a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Christ Jesus.
2: So in the John 17 prayer, it's clear that believers are the Father's gifts to the Son, and Jesus kept saying, you gave them to me, you have given them to me. It's a gift that's not going to be lost, it's not going to be destroyed. Peter then tells us we are acceptable gifts because of what Christ did for us. And Jesus prays that these gifts may be kept and not discarded. And he thanks the Father that all have been kept except one, and that's you never want to be the one, right?
1: <laughs> Probably not. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he thanks the Father that all have been kept except one, whom he refers to as the son of perdition, mm-hmm. who is elsewhere described as having been a devil from the beginning, and he's referring to Judas Iscariot. Mm-hmm. So the concept of our adoption in Christ as the Father's gifts to the Son is also declared by the author of Hebrews. And that's a, that's a really beautiful passage from chapter two. So, Jen, how about reading that for us, please?
1: God, for whom and through whom everything was made, chose to bring many children into glory. And it was only right that he should make Jesus, through his suffering, a perfect leader, fit to bring them into their salvation. So now Jesus and the ones he makes holy have the same Father. That is why Jesus is not ashamed to call them his brothers and sisters. For he said to God, I will proclaim your name to my brothers and sisters. I will praise you among your assembled people. He also said, I will put my trust in him. That is,
2: I am the children of God and the children God has given me. So that text right there confirms that believers are given to Christ as his adopted brothers and sisters and the father's adopted Mm -hmm. children. This is just an astonishing love, and it provokes John, the apostle, to say later, behold, what manner of love is this? Mm-hmm. But let's stop for a second, go back to John 17. We're being privileged to hear a conversation, a prayer between two members of the Godhead there, the Father and the Son. And as I said earlier, seven times the Son mentions those whom you gave me. Mm-hmm. We might think that the Holy Trinity, they're, they're always consumed with planning the battle plan for Armageddon <laughs> or resurrecting the woolly mammoth or determining who the next president should be. But when God the Son was saying his last prayer on earth before his death, the church, the ecclesia, the called out ones, was the topic of discussion. He was praying and talking to the Father about you and I. Hmm. Amazing.
1: It it is amazing. And I can see where some people might find this a bit perplexing at minimum of all the things to talk about. Jesus talks and prays so much about us. Mm -hmm. Like you just said, all these other things that that seem so much bigger than us. And yet, I suppose here is another example of how we are on his mind and in his heart. And I do feel like we're kind of eavesdropping a little (laughs) bit on a personal conversation. (laughs) Is that right? Should we should we keep on listening should to what they're talking this? about? Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think you're yeah you're saying that well. There's there's a lot to reflect on in this rich passage and on this topic in scripture overall. But there is one thing here that I think really stands out. From God's perspective, we as His children are not a burden or a responsibility or a mercy sinkhole mm-hmm. mm. <laughs> or a mercy black hole. I mm-hmm. should say maybe. We are considered to be a gift, uh, the Bible says they were yours, and you gave them to me. Jesus is saying that. so forget wondering how it happened that God the Father came into possession of us without us quite knowing or understanding it from god 's perspective that 's just the shape of things that 's how things are. We were His, and He gave us as a free gift to God the Son. so we're considered as believers to be the most coveted and beautiful gift from the heart of God the Father to his beloved Son above all else. And God, the son, Jesus is grateful for us.
1: And I think that's a huge piece of what I think we could talk about all day, every day, and it still wouldn't be enough. And that's our identity in Christ, Mm -hmm. that we should begin to see ourselves from that perspective of God instead of seeing ourselves from the perspective of the world or probably even more damaging our own self. <laughs> you yeah. and I have talked a lot about how damaging that can be, but from working with students and raising my own teenagers and even just adults, the world can be harsh and judgmental mm. and we can be really hard on ourselves within that too.
2: Yeah, the world constantly judges us and doesn't consider us to be a gift. Well, yeah, you're a pain, but how many times have people told you you're a gift? Mhm. Well, I bet you get all of us get the negative more than the positive. You're you're an interruption. Mm-hmm. You're a hindrance. You're a problem. Mm-hmm. But how often does somebody one more say, on
1: an already crowded planet? Yep. <laughs> yeah.
2: But how often do you have somebody say, you know, you're you're a real gift? But you know, or how or a waste of space? There's mm-hmm. a good one. You're mm-hmm. a waste of space. Mm-hmm. Or you're just taking up oxygen. Mm-hmm. I could go on and on because obviously I've heard this a lot yeah. in my oh, life. <laughs> this <was> is <a> <laughs> But I I've, I've got a question for you and I think I've asked you this before but I can't remember how you answered. Who's the mas- most famous celebrity you've ever met?
1: <laughs> I think we, for some reason I think we have talked about this cuz I think it I
2: yeah. think 113 and we've talked about a, a lot, lot of stuff things,
1: but I remember telling But we
2: can't remember when
1: the lead up to how this happened. So my mom worked in the executive offices of the Win Dixie for- <laughs> For a big part of my childhood, and That's so they awesome. hosted this like food festival every
2: was year. Was this a country singer or something? No, no, it no. was a
1: it was a panel from the Guiding Light from my oh, grandma's stories. Oh, I do remember that now. <laughs> Soap opera stars. Yes. and so I was twelve, and I I, I was beside myself.
2: To meet this panel. Did you from get pictures? the Guiding Light.
1: Um, I don't remember if I got pictures. Back then,
2: you would have had to go to the Walgreens and buy yourself a camera. And-
1: I know. I know. Well, then later, I did end up became, becoming friends with, she wasn't on the panel that day, but another cast member from Guiding Light. So. Look at you. Yeah, met her in a Bible study. Did you get any autographs? Yeah. Well, no. I mean, we're friends on social media, so that's why mean from than the a... panel. Oh, from the panel, probably. I think they had pictures that they were given out and stuff, but I don't. It is not in the attic with the prized Cabbage Patch Kid. Let's just say that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So when you met okay, who, who later became a friend? So she was on the show. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So when you met her, do you think that she viewed you with gratitude and appreciation in the moment, or as a bit of an interruption, or? As a PR necessity.
1: Well, as our friendship grew, definitely didn't feel that way. Right, and and she's she was she's just light and goodness and kindness. So she was overly gracious. But I will say, there was another person on that panel that day that was my favorite. That I was so excited to meet, and he was the biggest jerk on the planet. They say that never day. meet your heroes. Oh my goodness, I don't even remember his name. What does that that tell yeah. you? I was in love with his character, but yeah. yeah. So it can go both ways. He definitely did not want to be at the Winn-Dixie Food <laughs> Show in
2: Jacksonville, Florida. And let's all say it together, can we blame him? No,
1: I don't think so.
2: He couldn't wait to get out of there. So that was a PR necessity.
1: It definitely would fall into that category.
2: So if let's say, we, where do I want to go with this? I had an idea. I, I knew where I was going with that. But anyway, the point is, let's do this. The point is that people view us. All sorts of ways. Mm -hmm. You never know if you're going Mm -hmm. to get a good or bad response from people. I have some people walk up to me on Sunday mornings and I don't know, you know, one look at them and you're like, okay, I'm going to steal myself because something's coming, but Mm -hmm. I have no idea what direction (laughs) this is going to go in. And I think that's sort of how we, in your position, it really could go either way. (laughs) Yeah. And you get some crazy. Let me tell you, (laughs) but none of that defines us as believers. Mm-hmm. But it, it does affect how we view ourselves. Oh, for sure.
0: For sure. But from
2: the perspective of God, which you just mentioned, mm-hmm. here's what defines you. You are a beautiful and wondrous gift, God's greatest and most valuable possession given to His most beloved Son. Mm. That's what the Bible says about us as believers. You are the front and center bride at the cosmos's biggest wedding, <laughs> celebrity wedding. We're uh, We're part of the church. We're the therefore the bride of Christ that was a podcast a while ago that we did all the angels i love this all the angels and the prophets and the cherubim want to see what they want to know about this they mm-hmm. don't understand it in its fullness in its entirety so it's 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 just so true they they want to see what you and i see they want to know what you and i know mm-hmm. the angels were told and even the prophets that they didn't understand and and the angels even still don't fully understand the the wholeness of the gospel. Mm-hmm. And Peter talks about that, especially in regarding to the prophets. Mm-hmm. How about reading First Peter one ten through twelve for us?
1: This salvation was something even the prophets wanted to know more about when they prophesized about this gracious salvation prepared for you. They wondered what time or situation the Spirit of Christ within them was talking about when he told them in advance about Christ's sufferings and his great glory afterward. They were told that their messages were not for themselves, but for you. And now this good news has been announced to you by those who preach the power of the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. It is also wonderful that even the angels are eagerly watching these things happen.
2: I think that's just an absolutely astounding passage. Absolutely. The prophets are given. First of all, we're talking about Old Testament people, and we find out they have the Spirit of Christ within mm-hmm. them. That's kind of major. And they're preaching this, and they're prophesying this, and they're really wondering about it. Mm-hmm. When is this going to happen? What is this going to look like? They they didn't fully know. So all that to say, and I think, again, that just shows the the value that God places on us, mm-hmm. that you... And I, as believers, are a wonderful, beautiful gift from the heart of God the Father to the delighted heart of God the Son, and He is entirely grateful and even excited about you. The Scripture says that He's even jealous over you. So it's it's not really for us to understand all the ins and outs and details of how it could be that you and not maybe someone else can be part of this gift. You and I may never understand that, that mystery, this mm-hmm. side of heaven, but it, it doesn't matter. The persons of the Godhead have figured all that out. What you and I can be certain of is this. You are of vast and even cosmic importance to the scheme and structure of the universe. Mm -hmm. You as a believer are God's fondest possession given with great and grand generosity from the heart of the Father to the heart of the Son. And if you understand that, that you are not loved by God even though you're a burden and responsibility, He doesn't look at us like that. But as the excited receiver of a great gift, Salvation, it changes the way you walk. It changes the way you talk. It changes the way you do or do not sin. It changes everything. Mm -hmm. So kitchen table theologian, rejoice. You are God the Father's gift to his beloved son. That is what is most true of you. So walk in faith that you are of devastating beauty in the eyes of God. That's true of you. And God has given you as a gift to his son.
1: And I'm going to encourage everyone that just heard those last few sentences to make that a part of your daily affirmations. Mm. Because, you know, you hear a lot, you know, especially in secular circles, I'm doing positive self-talk today. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and that's all well and good because we, we need that from a mental perspective. But it's it's one of the our self-talk is everything. And but if you can
2: do positive self-talk rooted in Scripture. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: It's kind of like that mama bear, like, don't talk about my baby like that. But (laughs) when we're, when we're negative about ourselves, there's got to be an, an ache with the heart of the father that says, but yeah. I made you exactly the way that I wanted. And I don't view I you that and way. I don't, I don't, don't that think way. that about you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Great topic today, as always. And as always, thank you for listening to Kitchen Table Theology. Please do like or subscribe at Apple Podcast or whatever platform you're listening on if you enjoy the show. And kindly leave us one of those ratings or reviews that we just talked about. And don't forget to check out today's episode show notes as well. Head on over to JeffCranston.com for more information about Dr. Cranston, his book, books, sermons, leadership notes, and blog posts. And Lord willing, next week, we'll be back with another great episode. So there you go. Now go dig deeper. And until next time, always remember that the real power of theology is not only knowing it, but applying it.
0: You've been listening to the Kitchen Table Theology Podcast with Jen Denton and Pastor Jeff Cranston. Join us next time for more insights into biblical truth. If you'd like to know more on today's topic, You can check out the show notes at jeffcranston.com. You can also email us at pastorjeff at lowcountrycc.org. If you're enjoying this podcast, would you consider leaving a rating and review on iTunes? We deeply appreciate your help in getting the word out. And be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or in your favorite podcasting app to continue this journey with us as we learn about and apply God's word to our lives. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time here at Kitchen Table Theology.